This is the Talk of Fame Network on SB Nation Radio. Here are your Hall of Fame voters, Ron Borges, Rick Goslin, and Clark Judge. Playoffs? We'll talk about playoffs? You kidding me? Well, as anyone who's ever played sports knows, uh, every athlete's told, he'll never know when his time may come. Yeah, that's true. But when that time came to New England's James White, he was ready, and he took advantage of it. James was coming off his most productive regular season last year when he entered Super Bowl 51 as the Patriots' most productive third down back. But in that game, well, in that game, he became the every down back, setting a Super Bowl record 14 receptions and 20 points, including an overtime touchdown run that ended the greatest comeback in Super Bowl history and brought New England its fifth Super Bowl championship. James is entering his fourth season in New England with a new contract, a place in football history, and now, best of all, a seat here at the Talk of Fame Network. Hey, James, thanks so much for joining us. No problem. James, there have only been two overtime games played for the NFL Championship. Wisconsin running back scored the game-winning touchdown in both. First, of course, was Allen the Horse Amici in 1958 when the uh, Colts beat the Giants. And then James Sweet Feet White last February for the Patriots. So I'm wondering, who had the better nickname, and how much do you know about Allen Amici? I have to vote for myself for a better nickname. And <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I, I know a lot about Allen Amici. Uh, he's, he's a guy I talk about a lot at Wisconsin. He picked his up everywhere, his name's up everywhere, so you get to see his name everywhere and get to know him a little bit. If I had told you when you first came to the Patriots that, you know, in a couple of years here, you're going to join Allen Amici as the only two running backs to ever win the, the NFL championship by scoring an overtime touchdown, would you have looked at me like I was insane? Uh, or what would you have, what thought would have sort of crushed I know that was like your normal look at Ron. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, definitely, definitely probably would have looked surprised. Uh, I mean, you dream about it as a kid. Uh, not that often you get to live that opportunity, but uh, definitely an amazing feeling to win with my teammates. James, Josh McDaniels, your offense coordinator, has said many of the plays you ran in that Super Bowl, they'd never practiced with you in them, but that you, quote, knew what to do. Was there any nervousness when you kept calling your number for plays that you hadn't really practiced running? Uh, no, I mean, I just try and pay attention um, to all the details of the, maybe the receiving routes or what the linemen have to do and whatnot, uh, just trying to get to run the offense as a whole. So if they happen to call something in the game, I'm prepared for it and just have confidence in my, what I have to do and confidence in my abilities. We're speaking with New England running back and Super Bowl hero James White on the Talk of Fame Network, and you can find us on the web at talkoffamenetwork.com or on Twitter at, at talkoffamenet. And James, how long did it take for you, going back to that game, Super Bowl 51, how long did, you, did it take you to realize what you'd accomplished that day against Atlanta? I mean, we're sitting in the press box looking at each other going, you got to be kidding me. And, and, and how difficult... Was it to just stay in the moment when all of that was going on, the sort of avalanche of points, and you're getting closer and closer, and not start thinking, you know what? Hey, this is pretty cool. This is pretty neat. I mean, it wasn't difficult to stay in the moment. Uh, I think everybody on our team was locked in. Uh, just excited to have the opportunity. Um, just trying inch closer and closer to, to making it a game, and eventually we did. Uh, the guys were just playing their hearts up. And, I mean, guys are tired, working hard. I mean, it's what you dream about for all year for that moment. Uh, everybody left it all in the line. You know, when you scored that winning touchdown in overtime, did you hold your breath when they said, we're going to replay? Because guys in the press box did. I honestly had no idea they replayed it until, like, later <laughs> on, like, that you, night. So You didn't? Yeah. No, I had no clue. <laughs> what, would you, what would you have done if they'd said, ah, he's not, nah, he's not, and his knees were down? 
Sorry, we had two more downs. We've been <laughs> did Did you know you were in, or did you believe you were? I mean, you know, sometimes you know you yeah. didn't get in, but they're going to give it. Did you know you were in? Yeah, no, no, I knew I was, and um, obviously I didn't think it was that close <laughs> what I saw on the replay, but yeah, I knew I was in. Though. Now it's you know it's easy to say now looking back that you always thought you were going to win and uh, but you know you're the first team in 134 tries to win a playoff game when trailing by 17 points or more in the fourth quarter so obviously it it, it wasn't as, as much of a sure thing as maybe uh, when you talk about it today so when you're down 28-3 and there's barely 17 minutes to go it's late in the third quarter how difficult is it to not just accept that you know well this wasn't our day you just gotta find a way to make it a game um take it one play at a time and if we score points in offense and allow the defense to get stopped uh, eventually we'd be in it and needed a couple big plays and we were right back in the game and then guys were excited for the opportunity one of the things i was going to say uh, about that uh, james when you scored that first touchdown in the third quarter i was sitting with a young reporter next to me from miami and haven't watched you guys through all this stuff i'd seen this before and he was sort of well, well you know okay so you score a touchdown i said let me tell you something I can tell you they're going to win. This may be the start of something. Did you guys feel at that point when you scored that first touchdown in the third quarter that this is the start of it, or did you not even know at that point where you were headed? I mean, just to start putting getting a touchdown on the board is definitely a big thing for us. Um, like I said, we just wanted to put points up on the board and to allow our defense to go out there and play confident and uh, make stops and He's had to put points up in the league, which eventually decreased. And right before you know, he'll be right back in the game. James, when I think of Wisconsin, I think of power running football. You carried the ball only 39 times last season, caught 60 passes. How hard have you had to work to become a receiving threat? And how difficult has the adjustment been to that aspect of pro football? I mean, we're asked to do things when I was there as far as two running backs being on the field, uh, myself, lineup receiver, Melvin Gore, lineup receiver. So. Our running back coach, Thomas Hammock, he, he really pushed us to, to learn the entire offense once he got there. So I think that helped, helped me a lot once I transitioned to the next level. And, um, I mean, it wasn't too difficult for me. Um, but just work hard during practice, uh, in the time with the quarterbacks, learn the protections, and, and then just play with confidence. We're speaking with New England running back James White on the Talk of Fame Network, and you can find us on the web at talkoffamenetwork.com. And, James, this is the moment where my co-hosts really cringe and they go, oh, no, I don't believe it. But, yeah, I'm breaking from the script here, and I'm going to ask you about the quarterback you play <laughs> with because you've played with a lot throughout your career, high school, college. Well, the pros, you've had Tom Brady most of the time there. Um, what makes him so different what makes him extraordinary in the huddle what's he like um we all hear stories about him you're on the inside what what makes him so much better than the average bear i mean i've heard people say he makes everyone around him better well how do you do that i mean paid man he did the same thing how do you do that first off uh, you see his work ethic on and off the field um definitely rubs off on everybody see the success that he's had from all the work, hard work, whether it's nutrition, uh, watching film, really just getting to know the defenses we're playing and whatnot. And, uh, I mean, being in the huddle with him, he demands the best out of you. He raises the level everybody's play. Cause, I mean, when you have a guy like that, you just want to play hard for him and just try and do the right thing and be on the same page. Have you ever had him chew you out in the huddle or on the sidelines? Um, no, I mean, not really chew me out. Um, I mean, but he, he can get – you get a lot with everybody at some point. <laughs> yeah, I'll bet. Yeah, right. 
you know, in a matter of five months now, you had a Super Bowl game to remember. You signed a contract extension that I think guaranteed you four and a half million dollars and could earn you twelve million, and you got a Super Bowl ring the size of Wisconsin. <laughs> Which has the most value to you, and how can you ever put that wear that ring anywhere? It's the size of somebody's head. Uh, I mean, I'm just, I'm just still excited to have the opportunity uh, to be in this league. I know a lot of people dream to have this opportunity, so I just try to take it for granted. Uh, be a good person on and off the field, and just work hard, and just be somebody people respect. How often do you wear that ring? I mean, how much that thing weigh? It's just, God, it's huge. Uh, not, I only wore it at the ring ceremony, and I never, I've never put it on since that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, did you see it at Canton, Ron? Did you see the ring? Yeah, I saw it. thing's oh enormous. Look like a bowling ball. Yeah, <laughs> no wonder you don't put it on. Hey, James, <laughs> speaking of rings, you played on a national championship high school football team, three straight Big Ten champions went to the Rose Bowl, two Super Bowl winning teams. Some guys always say that high school ball was the best and the most fun. Which was the greatest experience for you and why? I mean, it's kind of hard to compare them all. I enjoyed them all um, from high school to college to the NFL. They would have a lot of great teammates. Um, I think that's what made the team special, the, the bond that we had together. You definitely want to play hard for the person next to you, and I think that's what all those teams have in common. Um, it's a great group of guys. Uh, don't care who gets the credit. just want to work hard and get wins. James, to follow up on that, you also played in the highest scoring game in Rose Bowl history and in the biggest comeback in Super Bowl history. So the obvious question, what's next for James White? Continue to get better as a player. Um, just trying to do whatever I can to help my team. Um, there's always things to work on. You know, never going to be perfect. So just trying to fine-tune everything, um, come out of here, just fly around, and have fun with the team. You know, you play for Coach, obviously, who, you know, he's always talking about uh, today and the next day, and then let's forget about yesterday. You know, you, you have an eclipse, and uh, I guess he noticed that it happened, although when we asked him about it, he seemed to indicate that he didn't think it was all that big a deal. <laughs> an eclipse that happens once every hundred years. You guys had a home comeback that happens once every never. How hard is it for you as an individual player and a guy who was so central to what happened at the Super Bowl to – Okay, put that all behind me now. It's 2017. It's like it never happened. I mean, how, is, is it hard to do that? No, it's not too often. Yeah, I, I try and push every every year at least late. Uh, no matter what happened the previous year, there's, I mean, nobody, nobody really cares what you did last year. So, so what, what have you done for me lately in the league? So you got to go out there and prove yourself every day, every practice, and every game. James, Joe Castiglione was named the nation's best athletic director at Oklahoma. He went to St. Thomas Aquinas. Michael Irvin, Chris Everett, Brian Piccolo, Joey Bosa, they all went to St. Thomas Aquinas. What's the level of expectation when you walk out of that building with your degree? I mean, it's high expectations. Uh, I mean, you get to go up against maybe some of the best athletes I mean, in the nation right there at your high school and practice every day, so it definitely makes you a better football player. It's, it's great competition, great academics. Uh, just happy I got the opportunity to go to that school. Does Irvin come back, and what influence does he have on you? I mean, he he's, he comes back there all the time, but um, I mean, he didn't necessarily have a direct influence on me. Uh, Chris Carter was a guy that was there a lot of times. His son went to school with me, so he he was more there for us, as, uh, like a role model, and whatnot, and uh, speak to us and uh, just give us advice. James, I want to ask you about something a little more recently, and that's the off season. Um, since that Super Bowl. Do you find that your life has changed? In other words, when you go into stores or if you're walking down the street, people recognize you. People yell out to you. People want your autograph. Where maybe a year or two ago they went, huh, James White? 
Do you find that your life, and if so, how? Honestly, it hasn't changed too much. Uh, the first couple days or week or so after the game, uh, did like a bunch of trips and stuff like that. But uh, it's pretty much life is normal. I mean, a couple people recognize me a little bit more than usual, but still, it's not anything outrageous for me. Does Ron talk to you more than usual? Because that would be outrageous for anyone. <laughs> yeah, he runs, he in, the, he runs in the other direction when I come to talk to him. Does Ron, does Ron Borges talk to you more? <laughs> <laughs> hey, one thing I wanted to ask you, James, uh, I wonder if you agree with Tom Brady, because uh, as you could probably tell, my, co- my co-host and honk here, uh, Clark Judge, lives and dies with Brady, lights candles got, under got his, his picture jersey every night. On. Got that jersey uh, on. But he said you should have been the MVP in the Super Bowl. I voted for you as MVP in the Super Bowl. Do you think you should have been the MVP of the Super Bowl? No, I mean, it's, it's there's not my choice. Um, I, mean, he, I wouldn't be able to catch those passes if it wasn't for him. So, I mean, he, he threw for like almost 500 yards, so you can't take anything away from him. <laughs> Good answer, James. Hey, James, thanks so much for the time. Best of luck with the season. No problem. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Thank you. James. Thank you. That was running back James White of the New England Patriots, and he, not Tom Brady. Boy, Ron, this, this pains me to say that, but... James White could have easily been the MVP of Super Bowl 51, right? Well, yeah, he should have been the MVP, and, and Brady was the first guy to, to say that. It's a little bit like uh, uh, Super Bowl three, I thought, where you know anybody who's fair about it knows that Matt Snell should have been the, uh, the MVP of that game, uh, and it ended up being uh, Joe Namath because the quarterback's the quarterback. Um, and especially a guy like James who had, you know, I think, 65 carries during the season. No one really was expecting it that much right. from him. All of a sudden right. – He's in the game, and he's the star of the game, and he's in the end zone every time you turn around. So I think people were stunned. Well, speaking of the game, we're near the end of our game. we got the two-minute drill coming up. Just, that's next here on the Talk of Fame Network.